Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. I'm afraid that there's like many within the church today, they're physically within the church. Spiritually and mentally, they're still in the world because nothing's really changed with them. On the physical sense, it looks like they're out of Sodom, but their heart and literally their soul is still there. Time of judgment is far too late for you to consider whether or not you're going to be faithful to the Lord, whether you're going to be willing to die to self, whether or not you're going to be willing to surrender to His will in your life. Way too late at that point in time. As in the times of Noah and Lot, people live their lives today unaware that the judgment of God is coming. And by the time we realize that the judgment is here, it's too late to make different decisions. Today, Pastor David will encourage us to see where we are spiritually. Maybe our hearts and minds are still attached to this world instead of God. Now is the time to surrender our lives completely to the Lord before His return. We will study what the Bible says about the last days and the rapture of the church. Now here's Pastor David with part two of his message entitled, The Kingdom of God and the Last Days. Jesus is saying, man, just as lightning goes across the sky, that's how quick, that's how sudden, but that's how unmistakable the second coming of Christ is going to be. Matthew also shares with us the words of Jesus in Matthew 25. He says that there's not going to be any doubt what's going to happen when the second coming takes place, when that last time comes. Matthew tells us, or Jesus speaking in Matthew's gospel, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him. He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. There's not a nation that's going to be left out. It will be universal. When that time comes, no one will miss it, no one. But there's gonna be many that wish that they had because they had missed the hope of the gospel long before that. We need to be reminded that along with the last days, at that second coming, it's gonna be a time of judgment. Jesus tells them that the world, by and large, they're gonna continue on as they always have been. Even in the times of prior destruction, the world continuing on without paying attention to what's happened in the past. Man continues to move forward without regard to the coming judgment, and yet judgment has been proclaimed and declared over and over and over through the ages. Here back in Luke, listen to what he tells the disciples. He refers to them back to the days of Noah. Look in verse 26. He says, and as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. 
Why, they ate and they drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot. Why, they ate, they, they drank, they bought, they sold, they, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained a fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. I think it's pretty interesting to note that Jesus didn't focus on the evil of the time of Noah, nor the evil there in the city of Sodom. In essence, what he's telling is life is just gonna continue on. Life is gonna look like to everyone who is not spiritually attuned, it's gonna look like it's just a normal happening. Man, I go to work day after day after day. Man, we go take the kids to soccer or to t-ball or whatever it is. Man, my, my wife's got all these meetings. I'm doing all this stuff. And we're just busy with life in general. And he says, and boom, then sudden destruction takes place. What are we going to look for? What are we going to anticipate? Well, for those who know the hope of the gospel, the reality and the truth that one day Jesus will come again. Well, number one, we'll look at it in a moment, but I believe in the rapture of the church, but also on that coming destruction is still going to come one way or another. Jesus draws our attention that again, man's unpreparedness and the attachment to the pursuits of the things of the world continue to distract them because they look for the things of the world rather than pursuing after the things of God. Jesus speaks about the people continuing on in their normal routines, their normal course of things. He says that they ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark. He says that they ate, they drank, they, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built until it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all the day of God's judgment. And then he says, and so it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The fact is, is mankind as a whole, they were and they are completely oblivious to coming judgment. Speak about end times, I'll chat with you. Don't talk to me about judgment because I really don't believe that there's a God. You see, as long as I can keep the God factor out of my mind, then I can keep judgment out of my mind and I can pretty well live whatever way that I want. You see, that's the mindset of most men. I don't want to hear about judgment and yet God's word has proclaimed judgment and the history of mankind shows that God is faithful to his word and Jesus brings out those two aspects, the great object lesson of the building of the ark, as well as, again, the event and the life of Lot. As Lot was removed out of Sodom, God warned him. God, again, came and declared to him that judgment was coming. Go and tell your family to come and clear out. And what does the word tell us in Genesis? It says that Lot went and spoke to his family, spoke to his son-in-laws, his three son-in-laws, to tell them, judgment's coming. Judgment is coming. We need to get out of here. But to his son-in-laws, he seemed to be joking. He seemed to be joking. The unfortunate reality is, man outside of Christ, they hear the word of coming judgment, and that's their thought about you. That's their thought about the preaching of the gospel. That's their thought about the word of God. Oh yeah, whatever, whatever. 
Judgment? Come on, we've, we've been going on for millions and millions of years. You see, that's one of the other interesting things about the evolutionist mindset and concept, the millions and millions of years. But if you look at the biblical account, I believe it's much, much less. Most of you know I'm a, I'm a young earth person. I think we're only about 6,000 years old. And again, we can argue that until the cows come home. But the fact is, God has a plan. God has a purpose. He's declared judgment is coming. I believe that that judgment is coming soon. Still today, mankind as a whole disregards that whole idea of coming judgment. People today, just like the days of Noah, just like there in the city of Sodom, they bought into a lie. And people today have bought into that same lie, the lie that tells us that this world and all that is in this world is worth living for. It's, it's worth dying for. But the problem is, is there's nothing in this world that gives life, and most all of the things in this world brings death. It's God who gives life. It's God who preserves and keeps life. A.W. Tozer, in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, he writes this. He says, secularism, materialism, and the intrusive presence of things have put out the light in our souls and turned us into a generation of zombies. It's interesting. He wrote this like back in the 40s or 50s. He's turned us into a generation of zombies. I think it's pretty interesting to look and see in our time frame right now how focused we are on zombies. I mean, they're everywhere. I mean, we got movies, we got weekly programs about zombies, we got everything about zombies. I think because spiritually we're becoming as zombies. And what is a zombie, folks? They're the walking dead. The walking dead. Yeah, in this world there are many who are the walking dead because they don't have life the only life that Christ brings. Jesus continues on. He tells his disciples that the coming of God's judgment is going to be swift. Look at verse 31. In that day, he who is in the housetop and his goods are in the house, let him not come down to take them away. And likewise, the one who is in the field, let him not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. It's interesting, when judgment comes, you need to realize it's, it's way, way too late to get prepared at that point. When judgment comes, it's way too late to try and sort out your life at that point. When judgment comes, it's way too late to look back and try to hold on to the things of this world. That's what happened to Lot's wife. She was saved from that destruction, but as she was leaving. She was physically gone from there, but what happened? Her heart was still there. Her heart was still back in Sodom. That's the reason she turned back. And beloved, I'm, I'm afraid that there's like many within the church today. They're physically within the church, but spiritually and mentally, they're still in the world because nothing's really changed with them. On the physical sense, it looks like they're out of Sodom, but their heart and literally their soul is still there. Time of judgment is far too late for you to consider whether or not you're going to be faithful to the Lord, whether you're going to be willing to die to self, whether or not you're going to be willing to surrender to his will in your life. Way too late at that point in time. 
you need to realize, we all need to realize, the world needs to realize that God's judgment is coming. And when it comes, it will be swift. And no man knows the hour or the day. Look what Jesus tells his disciples, verse 34. He says, I tell you, in that night there will be two men in one bed, and one will be taken, the other will be left. Two women will be grinding together, one will be taken, the other left. Two men will be in the field, and one will be taken, the other one will be left. The difference here is pretty simple. One knows the Lord in a real way, in a personal way, while the other one doesn't. There's a separation. God's gonna come in a moment in the twinkling of an eye and he's gonna separate these two. That time of judgment, one's gonna be taken, the other one's going to be left. As I told you earlier, I believe in the rapture of the church. I believe again that in the context of this passage where Jesus is using the illustration of what happened with Noah, the illustration of what happened with Lot, both of these show what? That the ones taken are the ones who are preserved that God comes and takes them out of that coming wrath that's going to take place. He removed them out of the way while judgment and destruction come on all that remain. Look at what it says. He tells them that until the day when Noah entered the ark and then the flood came and destroyed them all. Do you see how Noah and his family, they were taken away but judgment came on all the ones that were remaining. The same idea and concept comes with Lot. We look and say that on the day when Lot went from Sodom, that's when fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. Lot was taken away first, then judgment came on those that were remaining. I believe in the rapture of the church. You say, well, that's just an escapist theory and mentality. Okay, I'll buy that, but it's also biblical. I believe that it's very biblical, all the way back from the time of Noah. Again, we were not designed for wrath, those who are the children of God, and yet God's wrath is going to come on this earth. I firmly believe that the Lord is gonna come for his church, and then the wrath of God is gonna be poured out on all non-believers. Paul refers to that again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 and the following, when he says, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who have died in Christ. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead, those that have passed on in Christ, they're gonna be raised first. But then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. If you're gonna tell me that I'm gonna be here through the entire wrath of God as he pours it out on a non-believing world, that's not very comforting. At least it's not to me, I don't know about you. But if you tell me, no, it can get worse. It can get a lot worse than what we've got it. We can look at the history of the church over 2,000 years. We know that it can get a whole lot worse. We could go, even in this nation, into great times of persecution and trials. But beloved, that's not the wrath of God. The wrath of God is promised to be poured out on an unbelieving world. And we are not designed or purposed for wrath. And it's comforting to me to know that though this world can get as horrible and, and as turbulent and, and as perverse as it can be, 
that before the wrath of God is poured out in this non-believing world, God's going to take us out. Do you think that it was bad during Noah's time? Absolutely it was. Do you think that Sodom was an absolutely gross place to be living in all around Lot, the perversity of men that was going on? Do you think that that was gross and uncomfortable to live in? Absolutely it was. But God took him out of that place. I believe in the rapture of the church, but a lot of people say, yeah, but pastor, the word rapture is not in the Bible. That's just been kind of made up to fit that doctrine. Well, I beg to differ with you because there in 1 Thessalonians where we see that word caught up, it's the Greek word harpazo, harpazo. And again, in the Latin, the same word, they use a Latin word, rapto, that again, rapturo, and it is our English word rapture. So when we say we believe in the rapture of the church, we're saying exactly what the Latin Bible says, rapturo, which is exactly what the Greek word says, uh, harpazo, which means to be caught up, to be snatched up, to be quickly removed out of place. That is the rapture of the church, and I believe that Paul is speaking of that, not only there in First Thessalonians, but we see the principle of it throughout the word. Well, let's move on, because here in Luke, the disciples, they were curious. They, they wanted to know, is this going to be a, like a, a regional thing? Is this going to be a, a local event that's going to happen? And Jesus explains to them, again, verse 37, and when they answered the disciples, they said to him, well, where, Lord, where's this going to happen? And so Jesus said to them, wherever the body is, there the eagles are gathered together. It's interesting what all he's saying is, man, there's going to be destruction everywhere. It'll be very apparent for those that are still here. He says that's where the eagles gather. Well, that same word could be translated as vultures. And some people say, because eagles don't go after carcasses or corpse. But the fact is, is in that day, I think that any bird will do anything that God calls him to do. As a matter of fact, if all we have to do is look at the verses that are found in Revelation chapter 19, verses 17 and 18, where again, John writes, he says, at the end time, during that time of the wrath of God being poured out, he says, I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of, all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven. That means eagles, that means vultures. That means Tweety birds. That means all kinds of canaries and special little, any kind of bird. That little bird you got in the cage at home, that one that you like and you feed all the time. No, even that kind of a bird, God is gonna call. Yeah, but pastor, not all birds are carnivorous. Most of them eat seed. You know what? During that day, God is doing something different. I have absolutely no problem in believing what the word says, that all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven. And he says, come and gather together for a supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses the, and those who sit on them, the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. You see, the disciples had missed out that this event, it's gonna happen throughout the world. And Jesus wants to make that clear to them, that when the judgment of God comes, None are gonna be excused, none are gonna be missed, except those, I believe, that have already been taken out, removed and saved from that judgment. It'll be as apparent as seeing the circling of vultures in the air over a dead carcass, and we can see that as we travel around the Southwest. We can see that very thing. You see all these vultures circling, you know something's going on down below them there. 
The fact is, beloved, Jesus tells us in Mark 13, of that day and of that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. It's not going to be a zombie apocalypse, but I do believe it's going to be an alien invasion. Because you see, Jesus is not of this world, and he promises he is coming back again. Let me share with you one more thing. It's one of my most favorite passages within the Word of God. It's found in Revelation chapter 19. You're more than welcome to turn there if you would. Revelation 19. It's an exciting time for me. This is that invasion that I'm talking about when that final judgment comes. John there in the vision that he has as he's experiencing what God is showing him there for the book of Revelation. In chapter 19, down in verse 11, John writes, and now I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he who sat upon him was called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and he makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the Word of God. You remember that in John's gospel. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Speaking of Jesus right here, coming victorious in that second coming, that time of judgment. And what does it say here? He is called the word of God and the armies in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Beloved, he is coming back again. If you know Christ as your Lord and Savior, I believe that prior to the fullness of the wrath of God in this place, we're going to be ushered up into his presence to enjoy that wedding supper, that wedding feast with the Lamb and his bride. But if they don't know Christ, those families, those neighbors, those friends, those co-workers that don't know Christ, the very wrath of God is going to be poured out in this place. Jesus, first of all, came to seek and to save that which was lost. But the second time he comes, he comes to pour out the very wrath of God on the sons of disobedience because they refused to accept the hope of his promise the reality and the truth of the forgiveness of sin and the call that says, whosoever will, come unto me, I'll give you rest. My hope, my prayer this morning is if you're here in this room, if you're listening to this, that you are prepared, that you're ready to go and meet the Lord in the air and forever be with the Lord because you're his child. But if you're not prepared for that, it's gonna be way too late by the time he begins pouring his wrath out. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You've not given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Today, you need to get that right.
Learning more about Jesus is the single most important thing we can do as Christians. As we carefully consider how Jesus lived, we see beautiful examples that can apply to our lives. Though the entire Bible is rich with symbols and images that point to Jesus, the Gospels are grand central station for who Jesus is. Join us each day as Pastor David teaches through the Gospel of Luke. You can get a free copy of today's teaching at our website. Simply log on to theopenword.com. That's theopenword.com. Although the open word is a huge blessing, we pray that it's not your only source for the teaching of the Word of God. It's our hope that you're attending a church that teaches God's Word from beginning to end. Here's Tracy with more information about our service times here at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe you're listening right now in Casa Grande and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. at 6.30 p.m. every Wednesday and Saturday. For more information, call us at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. Or log on to theopenword.com and follow the link to the church website. Thanks, Tracy. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Please join us next time for the next edition of The Open Word.